Welcome to MTZ Overflow Podcast. In this sermon episode, Reverend Dr. Marcus Allen is preaching from the title, I Am Committed, in the sermon series, I Am Healed. We're glad you're here. Amen. To God be the glory for all that he has done and all that he continues to do. We continue to give God praise, glory, and honor because there is no God like the God in which we serve. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all we can think or even imagine. Amen. I am so happy to see you all in the place today. Amen. I'm so happy to see you here. I know many of you last night was at Gladys Night. Amen. I was there too. Amen. I was there too. <laughs> it was good to see all of y'all when the lights came on. That's, that's my member. That's, yep. All right. Look at, okay. I know you can dance like that, girl. <laughs> but it's good to have some time where you can go have a good time. Amen. And, and, and uh, so, so I'm glad to see you all uh, in the building today. Yesterday was a fun full pack day. Amen. Gospel 5K, the Urban League, Pastor Mike retirement and uh, services last night and we, I'm, I'm tired. Amen. I know y'all tell me, Pastor, you can't be everywhere. I mean, I'm trying. Keep telling me. I'll learn one of these days. Amen. Amen. I want to give a big shout out uh, to Key M up there. He's running the the AV for us. Amen. I had a chance to talk to him today. Very bright, smart uh, young man. He's in the STEM program. Uh, So he's um, going to school at MATC. Uh, He's um, a senior in high school and a sophomore in college at the same time. Is that right? Is that right, Kim? Yeah, stand up. Is that right? All right, cool. So, so when he graduates high school, he'll have a high school diploma and a, an associate's degree from MATC at the same time. His parents are over here. Parents, would you please stand? If you all don't mind, amen. To God be the glory, amen. God bless you. God bless you. The Sunday uh, when we had the clip and we was talking about the, the woman who had passed out and was drowning and the coach got in, he was running it. So all my words, he was following me, that it was just a smooth transition uh, with the sermon. And so we're, we are happy to have him up there with Momo in Sierra, me, I'm sorry, Miss Bryson in Sierra on today. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 13. Amen. We are just grateful that God has given us another day and another moment to be in his house. We're grateful to see some of the men in blue. Sigmas, is, did I say it right? I don't want to jack nothing up. I know it's gang wars around here. What's the whole? <laughs> Deacon Ogden. Phi Beta Sigma. All right. 
That's that Greek alphabet, amen. Phi, Beta, Sigma, they are here with us, and we're grateful for them worshiping with us uh, this morning. Amen? Amen. The Bible reads, no temptation um, 10 and 13 no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But thought y'all would shout off that, but God is faithful, who would not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape, that you may be able to bear it. I want to preach from the topic today, I am committed. I am. Tony Evans suggests that many of us are POWs, prisoners of war, trapped in a sin that has been, that we have been unable to break out of on our own. Many people have been clinched um, by the vice grips of some addiction that refuses to let them go. Addicted to drugs and alcohol, painkillers and cocaine, cell phone or caffeine, shopping and gambling, gaming and social media, sex and pornography, and the list could continue. Anything that alters your mood can become addictive. It begins as self-medication to help you manage the pain, and then it becomes something that you just cannot live without. Laura Rosano, a guest blogger on Vertiva Health, suggests that addictions causes the person to develop a psychological dependency. Your intoxicated state becomes your brain's new normal. Your body becomes physically dependent. You need higher and higher doses to create the same euphoric effect. As tolerance builds, signals are sent to your midbrain, overriding your frontal lobe the area of your brain responsible for executive functions such as planning for the future, judgment, decision-making skills, attention span, and impulse control. The midbrain is the area responsible for survival. It's our fight or flight responses. And this new signal receives is get high or die. The article talks about how loved ones will look at those struggling with addictions and suggest that they are out of control. However, for those who are struggling with these addictions, don't feel out of control. When they use, they feel in control. And maybe for the very first time in their lives, when they're sober, they are uncomfortable. 
It's painful to endure in an addiction, but it's just as painful for those who have to watch their loved ones deteriorate before their very eyes. Watch them continue to push blame on others for their actions. Watch them lose everything when they once had everything together. Watch them steal, lie, and destroy meaningful relationships because the addiction now controls their mind and nothing is more important than the next high. According to the American Society of Addiction Medicine, an addiction is a treatable chronic medical disease involving complex interactions among brain circuits, genetics, the environment, and an individual's life's experiences. People with addictions use substances or engage in behaviors that be become compulsive and often continue despite harmful circumstances. But I like the first portion of this definition, that addictions are treatable. <laughs> Let me say that one more time. Addictions are treatable. And I want to encourage someone who may have been trapped in the grip of an addiction for years, it's treatable. Someone who has made poor decisions one after another, who has placed the need to get high or to please yourself even above the blood that a child that came from out of you, it's treatable. Some loved one who's, tried, who's tired of watching a, a person struggling with an addiction drift away like a ship without a sail. I want to tell you today, it's treatable. But in order to be delivered from an addiction or to be able to help someone who's struggling with an addiction, you must be committed. And I'm not referring to momentary commitment, a few days of commitment, nor a few months. But in order to overcome the grips of an addiction, it requires a lifetime commitment not to give in to the temptation story of a city that had been destroyed by a volcanic eruption. When archaeologists began to dig through these ancient ruins, they found many people were discovered buried in some very different places. Some were found in deep basements, vaults, where they ran for safety. Others was found in attic chambers where they hid themselves from the hot lava. However, they found a Roman soldier still posted at the gate. I wish I had a witness here. He had been stationed there by his commanding officer with his weapon still in his hand. He was still there while the earth shook beneath him. He had stood and not abandoned his post of duty until he was engulfed by the hot molten rock. And he's still standing there after thousands of years. And this is the level of commitment that is required to overcome and resist the temptations of life. That when everything around you seems to be falling, when everything around you seems to be going away, away when everything around you seems to be tumbling down, you have to learn how to stand on your faith. That's why Paul tells us that after you've done all that you can to stand, 
and stand therefore. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the tricks and the wiles and the schemes of the devil. Stand therefore. So the question today is why should I be committed? Well, we should be committed because what we are struggling with is nothing new. I know, I know. It hurt me when I read this too. Nothing that we are struggling with is new. This month is Minority Mental Health Month, and I want us to declare I am healed, I am free, but I'm also committed. And because I'm committed, I'm free, which has allowed me to be healed. Let me do that math for you again. I am healed, I am free, and I am committed. And because I am committed, I'm free, which in turn allows me to be healed. I wish I had a witness. Therefore, please know that you, you, you are not the only one enduring what is challenging you right now. Paul says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. When we endure grave temptations of life, we feel as if we're the only ones. We assume no one has faced as much as we are experiencing in that moment. And life seems unfair because God has spared everyone else and he has assigned only me with this temptation. Wish I had a witness here. Temptation in the Greek, it means trouble or something that breaks the pattern of peace, comfort, joy, and happiness in someone's life. Temptation in the text refers to trials and tests. These are divine temptations where God tempts us, demanding them to do tempts, demanding us to do things that are considered very hard or difficult. Genesis chapter 22, the Bible says, and God tempted Abraham, told him to sacrifice his promised child. Abraham raises the knife and is committed to doing God's will, but God interrupted and placed a ram in the bush. And then God renamed him Abraham, the, the father of faith. There are divine temptations, but then there are demonic temptations. Temptations that come from Satan himself who tempts us and solicits us to sin against God's will. Satan tempted Eve in the Garden of Eden. He, he tempted David with Bathsheba. He tempted Judas with 30 pieces of silver and they all failed the test. Satan has been conquering humanity for a long time with tricky means and ways to cause us to sin. He has schemed biblical heroes and if we are honest, Satan has tricked us before. 
I wish I had some people in this house. Uh, Satan has tricked us to fall for some sins in our lives. But, but there was one he was unable to trick. I wish I had a witness. There, there was one he tempted multiple times, but, but he, 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 he accomplished the, the test each time with it is written, which allows me to know if I'm going to overcome the temptations of Satan, I better make sure I know the word of God. It is written that I'm more than a conqueror. It is written I'm above and not beneath. It is written that if God be for us, who can be against us? We see divine temptations. We see demonic temptations. And then we see human temptations. These are the things we create in our own minds that hinders us from being the men and women of God that he's created us to be. Y'all not feeling me in here? The devil can't make you do anything. And sometimes when we fall, it's not the devil's fault. It's because of us. No matter, no matter what temptation we are challenged by, we all are responsible for how we respond. Temptations are common experiences of every believer. That, that's, that's a hard pill to swallow for me. It's common. It's encouraging to know that God deems temptations as common experiences because no one is exempt from solicitation of evil. Temptations are not pe peculiar to any one of us. There is nothing unique about our temptations. We are not the only ones who have gone through this temptation. Yes, we, we, we feel as if no one has ever experienced as much loss that we're experiencing right now. We think that no one has ever grieved as much as we are grieving right now. We feel as if no one has ever had to raise a wayward child like we're trying to do right now. We feel as if no one has ever went through any financial loss as we're going through right now. We feel no one has never been addicted to things like us right now. But can I tell you something? Every one of us has had a turn with a temptation in our lives. I wish I had a witness. All of us are, have, are going to have to go through something. All of us will experience some pain, some suffering, some crying, some tears. All of us will deal with some gossip and some trouble, some haters and some wicked people. All of us will be lied on at some point. All of us will experience some trouble. But can I tell you, you're not the only one. I like this. I like this because Paul says it's nothing new because someone has already conquered what's challenging you. I'm going to say that one more time. Somebody has already conquered what's challenging you. These are encouraging words because it suggests that God can handle every type of problem we can ever face. It's new to us, but it's coming to God. 
I thought y'all a shout off of that right there. Can I say that one more time? It's new to us, but it's coming to God. There's no new problem. There's no new thing in this world that God has not seen before. I wish I had a witness here. It, it, it's, 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 it's like uh, just in March uh, 2020 where we begin at least uh, late uh, winter of 2019, we begin to see this virus called COVID-19. No doctors had seen anything like this before because they didn't have a plan of how to handle it if it was to show up. So none of them knew how to handle this COVID-19 when it came, but God did. I wish I had a witness. It, no, 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 no. It, 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 was, it, it, was, it was coming to God, but it was new to us because God was here when something called the Spanish flu happened before. And if God kept them back then, he's able to keep us right now. God, he was here when, when, when viruses are called colds and, and flus, but, but he know understand that we must trust God because God is the one who's able to handle what we cannot handle because God has been in every situation that we will ever endure. God knows how to handle what we're going through. Amen. Amen. A few years ago, a few years ago, uh, uh, our uh, garbage disposal stopped working and we had to call somebody out to come fix it and it's $100 just for them to ring the doorbell. Amen. They they ring the doorbell. They they come in and and and, and then the the plumber or whoever it take whatever. I'm not a handyman, so that's why I got to pay people. So pray for me. Amen. So so I call them and they come in and and the man said, Hey, let me save you a little money. This is what I want you to do. If this was to happen again, all you have to do is get under the garbage disposal, and there's a place to put the Allen key in. But first, hold the red button and reset the garbage disposal. Put the Allen key and turn it, and it should start back up. I, 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 I was so mad and upset when I said, no, that's all I had to do because I had to pay him $100 just to ring my doorbell. And when he got in there, he didn't do anything but get on the floor, look under the garbage disposal, hit the reset button, and turn uh, the engine with the Allen key to make the engine start working again. I, I, I was upset about that, but then some months later, I found myself in the same situation. I wish I had a witness, but this time, I didn't have to call nobody. This time, I, I didn't need to use my $100 because uh, even though I wasn't a handyman, I seen it before. And since I seen it before, I knew how to handle it uh, because I had already been through it. So all I had to do, go find me an Allen key, get down on the ground, hit the reset button, uh, crank the engine, and it started right back up. Can I help somebody here today? Whatever you're going through, God, he's already seen it. Whatever you're dealing with, God, he's already seen it. Uh, whatever's pulling you down, God, he's already seen it. And since he seen it. He knows how to work it and turn it around. What you're struggling with is nothing new. Yeah. 
It's new to you, but it's coming to God. Not only that, I'm committed because what's new to me is coming to God. But, but, but I'm also committed because God is committed to me. Let me say that one more time. I am committed to God because God is committed to me. When faced with extreme temptations, please know you have a great God. Because this whole sermon can be put in one phrase from the text. But God is faithful. Yeah. If I wasn't so true homiletically to this text, I'll quit this sermon right here. God is faithful. Yo, yo, if, if I didn't work on the rest of this sermon, I'll quit right there. That'll be the whole sermon. We'll give the benediction and we'll get out of here. But God is faithful. Let me break this down for you. He, I told you all last week I get excited when I see a but in the text. Because the text says that there is no temptation that has overtaken you that's not coming to man, which means you're going to be tempted. And when you go through these various trials and tribulations, don't think it's uncommon that God is only picking on you. But when you go through, but God, when life beats you down, but God, when, when cancer is in your body, but God, when, 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 when your marriage fails and you in divorce court, but God, but but God, but God, who is this God? This is God, the Father, who created heaven and the earth. This is God who told the water, you can only go this far in the land. You can only go this far. This is God who scooped down and picked up some dust and made man. So that man was alone, put him to sleep, took a rib, and made a woman. But God. Y'all don't know when to shout. I've been trying to teach y'all. This is God who is intentionally involved in getting in when we can't get out. I wish I had a witness here. But, 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 but God, but God, God is the one. God is the one who created us. God is the one who made sure that the sun and the moon show up on time and they've never missed their shift. God is the one who put stars in the sky and they don't fall to the earth and destroy us. God is the one that ensures that the earth rotates around on its axis and that we don't wander off into other space. God is the one that holds us together that even though that the earth is round we're still standing on solid ground. But God, but God, help us today, God. God is the ultimate word in the text. God is the one that gives us strength when we're weak. God is the one that refreshes us when we're weary. God is the one that lifts us when we're down. God is the one that comforts us when we are in despair. God is the one that will hold us and rock us late in the midnight hour. God is the one that protects us while we're asleep. God is the one that's 
keeping us from going to an overdose. God is the one that's healing us when we're sick. God is the one that's holding our hand when we feel lost. God is the one that strengthens us when will we? God is. But God. Then he says, but God is. Help us today. But God is. It does not say God was. It does not say God shall be. But God is. Which suggests in every moment he is. Which suggests God can never stop being is. Which means he's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. God is. Whatever I need him to be in that moment, he is a burden bearer. He is a heavy load sharer. He is a rock in a weary land. He is my joy and sorrow. He is my hope for tomorrow. He is my peace in the midst of a storm. He is everything I need. But God is faithful. God is faithful. I'm committed to God because God is faithful. I'm committed to God because ultimately God is committed to me. When I'm faithless, God is faithful. Abraham can attest to this, to the faithfulness of God. When he thought it was over, God stepped in. And as Erica Bullock would say, she told me that God intervenes in the narrow spaces of life. With the realm when life seems hopeless, he's faithful. It's like the three Hebrew boys who decided to remain faithful to God despite the king's orders. And because of their faithfulness, God showed up in the fire and the king asked a question. He said, didn't we put in three bound? But I see four walking around. I wish I had a witness. And when they came out of the fire, they didn't even smell like smoke. Can I tell you something? God is faithful. Is there anybody that could testify? I've been through some stuff, but I don't look like what I've been through. He is faithful. Matter of fact, we don't need biblical heroes to tell us God is faithful. You can look down your road and look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, neighbor, God is faithful. If you look at me, you're looking at a miracle. If you look at me, you know God has brought me through. If you see me, you understand God has made ways out of no ways. They said I wouldn't make it. They said I'll never amount to anything, but I'm glad to say that I'm still here. God is faithful. He's always there. He promised I'll never leave you nor will I forsake you. He's always there. He said, lo, I'll be with you always. He's always there. He is faithful. God is faithful. He is so faithful that he will not allow us to be tempted beyond what we can handle. 
He did not say you won't be tempted. You will be. But it'll be to your capacity. <laughs> you will go through. You will be challenged. But you won't be challenged like everybody else. And when God takes you through some really trying times, it only means God can trust you with trouble. I wish I had a witness here. Because what I go through may not be the same thing you go through, but when we both go through, we have something in common. God is... Faithful. My, my load may be a little heavier than your load. What you're dealing with may be a little more intense than what I go through, but it's all the same. God is faithful. God, he knows how much you can handle. I know we often say he'll never put more on you than, 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 than you can bear, but, but, but he also will pour more on you than he can bear. Because he knows your load capacity. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever uh, had a backpack that you've tried to put a lot of stuff in? And what happens to the straps? They begin to rip apart. H have you ever bought a, a purse that... <laughs> that you didn't read the capacity load on it? And you put the whole house in your purse? <laughs> that purse let you down because it couldn't hold. I wish I had a witness here. H have you ever tried to stand on something that you didn't check the capacity load Help us today. And once you stood, what happened? You failed. Because it broke. I, but, but I'm glad that God has unlimited capacity. I'm glad that God's load is unlimited, but, but he's able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before our God. He he, I, I, I'm committed because what I'm going through, what my struggle is, it's not new. I, I'm committed because God is committed to me, and I'm finished and we'll be done. I'm committed because I am not trapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm not trapped. Yeah, you, you may have me surrounded but I'm not trapped. <laughs> Paul is saying, your, 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 your temptation can't hold you. God always makes a way for escape. Yeah, yeah Paul says, with, with, with your temptation, there'll be a way out. The, the word escape means a way out of distress. The ideal is of an army that is surrounded by its enemy and then all of a sudden they notices a route of escape to safety. And none of us have to fall 
to temptation. For with temptation comes in a way of escape. God always provides an exit. I know many of you saying, Pastor, where is my exit? I've been sick too long. Where's my exit? I wish I had a witness. I've been dealing with these these pains in my body. Where is my exit? I've been dealing with this addiction for a long time, Pastor. Where is my exit? I've had to deal with so much for year after year, and I've been praying, God, let me out of this, but God has kept me in it. God, where is my exit? Can I tell you something? Make sure you're on the lookout for your exit. I I, I don't know when it's going to come, but at some point, your exit is going to show up. And, 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 and all I can tell you what to do is to keep following the GPS. No, no, I'm, I'm not talking about Siri on Apple Maps. I'm, I'm not talking about Google Maps. I'm not even talking about the global positioning system, but I'm talking about God's positioning system. Keep following the GPS. I, I, I wish I had a witness here. I, 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 I know you say you're listening, but I need you to keep following the GPS because God will always give you a way of escape. He'll always give you an exit to take. But for a long time, my brothers and sisters, I, I've been quoting this text, I, but I haven't been finishing the quote. I wish I had a witness. I, I, I've been telling people, God, he'll always give you a way out. He'll always give you an exit. He'll always give you a chance. He'll always let you get off. But but when I read the text, the text says uh, that he'll give you a way of escape uh, so that you can bear the temptation, which means God has always lived up to this, uh, that the only way out is through. I wish I had a witness here. He, I know you didn't want to hear that. I didn't want to hear it when I was reading it, when I was studying. I was saying, God, he'll give us a way out. And when he give us this way out, when we get off the exit, we don't have to endure the temptation any longer. No, God is saying that I'm going to take you off the hard part and I'm going to put you on a moderate level, but you'll still get through the temptation. Y'all not feeling me in this place just last week? week Friday we were in Chicago for Sister Rita's funeral and I was a brother's funeral and I was trying to make my way back to Madison and while I was on the road I was listening to the GPS system and the GPS said you can take an alternate route that will save you 26 minutes because there's an accident up ahead I wish I had a witness here Uh, there's an accident up ahead the GPS didn't give me the means uh, to tell teleport to Mount Zion Baptist Church. It just took me another route. Y'all not feeling me in this place. The GPS did not remove the traffic. It just took me on a better route. The GPS did not place me where I wanted to be automatically. It just took me on another route. And there's somebody in here today that you've been dealing with some problem, some pain, some defeat, some trouble, some addiction, and you think God is just going to pull 
pull you out. No, the Bible says he'll give you a way of escape, but he'll allow you to bear the temptation, which means that if you're struggling with some mental illnesses, you've been doing it by yourself, God will give you a way of escape to talk to a therapist, to go down on your knees and pray. He'll give you a way out with a brother or sister that'll hold your hand and walk with you. He may not change your situation immediately, but he'll, he'll lower the level so that you can get through it. Is there anybody in the house that can thank God today that he'll let me out, but he'll give me another way? Have I got a witness in the building today that you can testify? I'm not going to yield unto temptation. I'm not going to throw my hands up, but I'm going to keep my eyes on Jesus. And as long as my eyes are on Jesus, he'll keep my feet standing on the solid ground. I'm not going to give in. I'm not going to throw in the towel, but I'm going to keep on praying. I'm going to keep on worshiping. I'm going to keep lifting my hands. I'm going to keep shouting hallelujah. I'll praise his name because he is the one that brought me out. He is the one that holds my hand. He walks with me. And he talks with me, and he tells me that I am his own. So I'm going to tell you like the hymnologist said, yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. Each victory will help you, some other to win. Fight on forward, evil passions subdue. Look ever to Jesus, he'll see you through. Just ask the Savior. Ask him to help you. Confront, strengthen, and ask him to keep you. He is willing. He's willing to aid you. He will. He'll carry you through. Have I got one witness that could testify? He'll carry me through. When I wanted to throw in the towel, he carried me when I didn't know which way to go, he carried me. When my life was turned upside down, he carried me. When I was struggling with addictions, he carried me. When I was out of my mind, he carried me. What do you mean? He carried you on a hill called Calvary. He carried my sins on an old rugged cross and he died then he died I feel real churchy now he died he died on the old rugged cross but early one morning with all power in his hands he got out of the grave he carried me he held me he rocked me won't he do it I said won't he do it I said won't he do it won't he make a way out of no way 
Won't he be a bridge over troubled waters? Won't he do it? I said, won't he do it? If you believe he will, say, I am committed. I am free. And I am healed. I am committed. I am free. And I am healed. I am committed. I am free. And I am healed. I'm not leaving here like I walked in here. I was down, but he lifted me. I was sick, but he healed me. I was broke, but he fixed me. I was lost, but he found me. I couldn't find my way, but he guided me. I didn't know what to do, but he helped me. He lifted me up and he carried me won't he do it I said won't God do it shout yes yes thank you for joining us we're so happy that you're here Please continue to connect with Mount Zion Baptist Church on our Facebook page, YouTube channel, and our website, mtzlife.com. We continually put out new content, so be on the lookout and turn those notifications on. Looking forward to seeing you back here soon. Have a blessed day.